I appreciate the people in history that have been there and done that. And Richard Feynman is one of the most brilliant minds of our time. And I love taking how someone like Richard Feynman, so brilliant that has an IQ and understanding of the universe on a whole nother level that I don't think I'll ever be able to understand no matter how much I spend and try to dedicate time to doing so. But there's so many lessons you can learn from someone like Richard Feynman. And I want to talk about like, what is the Feynman technique to learning something that I wish I better understood as a young academic, someone that was even going through law school, which I mean, I've graduated now like eight years ago. Wow. Uh, time flies. I did not just realize that until now um, that it's been eight years since even then. But I felt like I was more mature in that aspect of my life of understanding academics and how to study, but I'm still refining my process, learning from individuals and doing so by reading those been there, done that kind of things like with the Steve Jobs book, the Elon Musk, a bunch of Walter Isaacson books, and then any sort of autobiography of brilliant minds that I can get my hands on. So Richard Feynman has the Richard Feynman technique of how he learns and we'll get into that. But first I want to talk about the individual of who Richard Feynman is. He is a Nobel prize winning physicist. And despite the, like he goes actually in the book about how or like what he was doing to win the Nobel Prize, and I, I still don't quite understand it. Apparently, so I, I went and asked Rock, uh, just to you know explain it to me like a five year old, just like part of the Feynman technique we'll talk about. But Feynman's contributions to quantum electrodynamics were particularly particularly significant due to his development of the Feynman diagrams. These diagrams are visual representation of the mathematical expressions that describe the behavior of subatomic particles. They have become an essential tool for physicists to study and predict the interactions of particles. So an example of a Feynman diagram is shown here. Couldn't even begin to tell you what the heck we're looking at, but apparently it was enough to win the Nobel Prize. Uh, you can even see here, I was trying to Google to figure out, like if you just search uh, what he won the Nobel Prize for, uh, work in quantum electrodynamics uh, and consequences of the physics of elementary particles. I, I don't, I still don't understand the significance of that, but he was a brilliant guy. He worked on the Manhattan Project and that's just who the individual is. But he's been a goopball, someone with humility, someone that focused on the work more than anything. And I want to jump to when he got the Nobel Prize to tell you what kind of individual. First of all, the book's called Surely You're Joking, Mr. Feynman. That, that kind of tells you who the individual is. Um, but here we go. So I'll read an excerpt from the book. For many years, I would look when the time was coming around to give out the prize at who might get it. But after a while, I wasn't even aware for when it was the right season. I therefore had no idea why someone would be calling me at 3.30 or 4 in the morning. Professor, uh, sorry, Professor Feynman, hey, why are you bothering me at this time in the morning? I thought you'd like to know that you've won the Nobel Prize. Yeah, but I'm sleeping. I would have been better if you had called me in the morning and I hung up. My wife said, who was that? They told me I won the Nobel Prize. Oh, Richard, who was it? I often kid around. And she is so smart that she never gets fooled. But this time I caught her. The phone rings again. Professor Feynman, have you heard? In a disappointed voice, yeah. Then I begin to think, how can I turn this all off? I don't want any of this. So the first thing was to take the telephone off the hook because the calls were coming one right after the other. And I tried to go back to sleep, but found it was impossible. 
I went down the said, what am I going to do? Maybe I won't accept the prize. What would happen then? Maybe that's impossible. So not necessarily cares about, I mean, he, he does care to an extent about the Nobel prize, but he cares more about the work and what was actually done to get it. And there's a bit of imposter syndrome in there. Like I, I don't believe I deserve it and whatnot. And the joking around with his wife about getting the Nobel prize. And again, that's just more about who he is. And there's other parts about who Richard Feynman is. Uh, for example, the title of the book comes from the fact that he went to Princeton, was part of a tea ceremony, and a woman come by, uh, Mrs. Eisenhart. Would you like cream or lemon in your tea, Mr. Feynman? I mean, he didn't come from any sort of like formal background to know what kind of ceremony or tea, whatever this is. And he said, I'll have both. Thank you. I say still looking for where I'm going to sit when I suddenly hear she's laughing. Surely you're joking, Mr. Feynman. Joking? Joking? What the hell did I just say? Then I realized what I had done. So that was my first experience with this tea business. He he, he just comes off as this average person. That is until you go on Google and or YouTube and try to look up one of his lectures and just can't even understand what he's talking about. But I, he doesn't see himself that way. And neither does Albert Einstein, which is really interesting. We'll get into uh, that part of the book because that's one of my favorite aspects of knowing, like understanding humility and practicing what you preach. So let's talk about like what the Feynman technique is. And there's a lot of great diagrams and I'll just pull up. I think this is this is a good one. This is the Feynman technique. Pick and study a topic. Explain the topic to someone like a child who is unfamiliar with the topic and at their level of understanding use simple language. So you don't necessarily literally have to explain it to a child, but you should be able to explain the topic as if you can explain it to a five-year-old in like the sim most simplistic terms. Uh, step three, if you can't do that, then you need to go back and identify all the gaps in your understanding. Why can't you do what, like, why can't you explain it to a five-year-old? And a lot of that really boils down to understanding the why behind everything. And over the years, as I've grown and read and added different tools to my tool belt of studying and different skill sets, like I am with the artificial intelligence program, I really spend time to deep dive and understand the why. In undergrad, in law school, some of the stuff was just checking boxes. Like there's a lot of theory you have to learn, not necessarily how to like to apply it. So you're missing that practical aspect. And so you really just knowing enough surface level to just get through any sort of exams and then move on. And it's really to your own detriment. I would say probably the most brilliant students through history have kind of not been the checkbox kind of people. It's been more of understanding the why of what you're learning and then trying to challenge and apply it in different ways, which is why those like C and B students don't necessarily excel in the academic realm because they're trying to get to the application and the understanding. Now there are those individuals that are just not checking boxes, but those people that really grasp something uh, and 
you know, a subject matter and really try to challenge their understanding of it. Those are the people that have excelled. And usually that's who you're seeing run these businesses. And then step four, return to the literature to understand better. And it is a constant cycle over and over and over again. And that's the Richard Feynman technique. Just continually analyze what you don't understand and then go back over and over and over again. I recently, like in the uh, program I'm in, there's a data science module on inferential statistics. And something just wasn't grasping for me on when to apply, like, or when to know which statistical equation I should be applying in what whatever given instance. And I just spent hours and hours just going over and over and over again until I can finally understand when to apply it. Because if I don't, that's really going to hurt me. This isn't just about checking the boxes. This is actual understanding of the underlying why. And you got to be open to with whatever it is you're learning. If you go in with a closed mindset, that's really going to hurt you as well. So we'll go back to Shirley, you're joking, Mr. Feynman. And this is kind of a, a clash of legends of science or just legends in general. You got a young, very young, hungry, uh, trying to establish his name, individual, this physicist, Richard Feynman. People don't know who he is, but they do know this other individual that is coming to a seminar in which Richard Feynman is going to talk about his findings. Now, the findings that Richard Feynman is talking about challenge Albert Einstein's theories. I... Uh, you want to talk about humility, like <laughs> to think that you're this young individual with these new theoretical physics principles that are contrary in some aspects to the then already great Albert Einstein. You got to be thinking, what the hell am I doing? Like if, if imposter syndrome is going to hit you at any point, then that's got to be it. So murmurs going around in the physics world or just the scientific community of like, ah, we can't, we like, we can't have this guy, Richard Feynman presenting such findings that would be contrary to Albert Einstein. So people are telling him, no, uh, people are coming to him and just, you know, already without even listening to it, telling him that he's wrong. And he goes forward and he does the lecture anyway, who's in, ten in attendance, Albert Einstein. So he finishes the lecture and the end of the seminar came and it was time for questions. First off, Polly, who was sitting next to Einstein, another physicist, gets up and says, I do not think this, this is how it's written. So apologies for the, the accent. I do not think this theory can be right because of this and this and this. And he turns to Einstein and says, don't you agree, Professor Einstein? Einstein says, no, a nice German sounding. No, very polite. I find only that it would be very difficult to make a corresponding theory of gravitational interaction. He meant for the general, the theory of general relativity, which was his baby. He continued, since we have at this time, not a great deal of experimental evidence. I am not absolutely sure of the correct gravitational theory. And I highlighted this. 
Einstein appreciated that things might be different from what his theory stated. He was very tolerant of other ideas. He was very tolerant of other ideas. I, I mean, in recent times, can we appreciate Albert Einstein and his viewpoints on the world? Einstein appreciated that things might be different from what his theory stated. He was very tolerant of other ideas. If anyone in the history of science is going to put their foot down and say, no, everyone else is wrong. I think Albert Einstein probably is one of those individuals, but he didn't. He sat there open-minded. Now, mind you, Everything that Richard Feynman presented turned out to be incorrect, and we still rely upon the general theory of relativity by Albert Einstein. However, it was like it had to be listened to. Like Einstein sat there, listened to understand, not to respond. Let me hear opposing viewpoints that challenge my theory because it ultimately whether it was Richard Feynman or Albert Einstein, were trying to arrive at the right answer, not necessarily their own answer. And that, that and it's early on in the book. Like if you ever get the book, you pick up page 94 and it's towards the bottom of the last paragraph. And that's, that's something that just continues to resonate in my head. And that goes back to the Feynman technique of understanding continually cycling through hearing different aspects of an idea and just building upon your own knowledge base, whatever that topic or that study idea is. And that's who Richard Feynman is. And that's who Albert Einstein was. And that, that is the biggest thing. Every time I pick up a book, I don't necessarily know what I'm going to get out of it. In this aspect, it was humility and it was just how to learn and how to behave while you're learning to understand the why and just be open-minded and just hear different things. Uh, it just made me that, that quote, I gotta find that Michio, Michio Kaku, the, uh, other theoretical physicist. If you haven't seen him, he's this individual, um, science and untruths quotes. I had this written down somewhere. And he said it on the Tim Ferriss podcast. And I don't think I'm going to be able just to pull it. Yeah, he, he said it during the Tim Ferriss podcast. And it was something like the truth is uncovered through the debate of untruths. That is a complete, very much shortening of Michio Kaku's statement. But that's what it was. And it's the same. It's the same quote. I'll read it again. Einstein approached things that might be different from what his theory stated. He was very tolerant of other ideas. You got to debate. You got to op be open-minded. And you got to understand. And that's how you learn. And again, that is what I learned from this book. Surely you're joking, Mr. Feynman. As far as recommending the book, this is a New York Times bestseller. It's an older book. I believe it came out in the... When did this book come out? Let's see. Mr. Feynman from about 1985. So four years before I was even born. And it was one that was sitting on my shelf that I purchased knowing that I wanted to read it, but just never 
picked it up and took the time to read it. So that's kind of how reading is. I don't know why people force themselves to read a book that they're not generally interested in, because if you don't take the time, like if you force yourself to read something, the retention just isn't there, caring about it, wanting to understand the why isn't there. So it sat on my shelf for, I think probably a couple of years before I actually picked it up and read it. And it's a hard one to recommend because you really got to be into the subject matter of who Richard Feynman is. Cause that of course is who wrote the book, but those are important nuggets of understanding and they still stand true to this day. So that is surely you're joking, Mr. Feynman. And I hope you just understand humility and the Feynman technique to learn.